So, I hope some of you are actually joining us today because I just realized part of uh, doing it on Sunday also means that we're going to have this issue with uh, daylight saving. Because I think we are we have moved in the United States today. I think in two weeks we're going to do it in Europe. So God knows in other places that they don't do it. So it might be a little bit confusing. And remember we talked last week about how, or did we, that, Nep that Mercury, the planet of communication, just moved into Pisces. And that makes us have a little bit of a, let's say a mini isolated Mercury retrograde. Uh, because even though we don't have any retrogrades, we said until April 28, and the first next, let's say, retrograde that we have with Mercury is going to be in May 10, uh, still this Mercury in Pisces can be awfully confusing. And just when I'm saying it, uh, the uh, Instagram live stopped for a second for bad internet. So again, today I was planning originally to talk to you about uh, that wonderful concept that lately I've been thinking about of how we can determine the signs, energies based on how the planets interact with them. So because I got a lot of uh, scared phone calls today about uh, when are we starting, are we going to start some emails that are confused, I'm going to delay it for next week. So sorry about uh, me promising to do something that I am not fulfilling, but I promise I'll do it next week uh, because next week we also have a very auspicious um, event. Again, remember we talked about how our Sundays actually end up falling on very important moments in the years. It's been going on for what, two years already? Yeah, two years, precisely two years, something like two years. But anyway, next Sunday happens to be the equinox, the time of the year when the day and the night are equal. It's a special celebration because it is the first day of the astrological year. It's uh, the Sumerian New Year, it's the Babylonian New Year, and it's the Astrological New Year. So next week on Sunday, we are moving from the last sign to the first sign, and we are kicking in a new astrological year. So 2022, officially, astrologically speaking, at least starts on the first day of Aries, when the sun moves into Aries, which is going to happen next Sunday. And that's why I am going to do the class on astrology of Aries the day after on Monday. So if you can join me Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning in Pacific Standard Time. But we're going to also have it recorded uh, for all of you who are having to deal with time zone difference. Uh, and that's going to be the class that we always do once a month. This time it's going to be about Aries. And the day before, we're going to have the class on the power of the name. And I now for sure know that we're going to have it as a hybrid, meaning that you can sign in and just say in the email that you're interested in getting the recording. We're going to have it live in Santa Monica next Sunday at 4 p.m. And we're also going to have it uh, on the webinar. And we're going to talk about the name because the keyword for Aries is I am. It's, it's all about identity. And we are now going to move, not now, next week, for a whole month where you're going to have a, almost like a magnifying lags or the ability to identify, understand much more your identity or at least what is going to be your identity for the next year. That is one of the reasons why in mundane astrology, the astrology of um, countries, we look at this, the equinox of the country or, or what, when the equinox actually happened to each location. It could be a different city, could be, you can do it also for your companies. 
but usually it's done for countries to understand how the country will unfold or how the fate of the country will be. So right on when the equinox happens in the uh, 21st of March, usually, sometimes it's 20th of March, uh, you can put precisely to see, and we'll do it here maybe for, uh, maybe we can do it next week if we'll have time for Kiev, for Moscow, uh, just to see precisely how things are going to be unfold for the country for the next year. So that's the equinox. It's the most, it's considered to be the holiest day of the year. There's four holy days, of course, the two equinox and the two solstices. And of course, we talked about it a lot here, how astrology is the mother of religion, not only the major mother of science. And therefore, you'll see that a lot of holidays kind of caught a piggy right on um, the astrological days. So, for example, the so the equinox in the spring is, of course, the, the, the origin, you can say, of Passover and Easter. The one, the solstice in the winter is, of course, the forefather, uh, you can say, or the forerunner of um, um, Christmas. So a lot of the holidays that we have in different religions are based on the equinoxes and the solstices. But the most important of all of the days is the equinox that happens in the 21st of March. We'll talk about it next week. So next week, I'm going to do this uh, idea of how you can identify, understand your planets much better through the signs and how the signs can explain to us much better about our own um planets and signs so how they can connect very well it's it's a it's a theory about filters and how the light of the different planets gets to us in a sense and how we can learn about our own chart or on about our own signs based on these planets but what i do want to talk to you about today is a few things that are happening this week which are kind of interesting it's chiron's uh, association with minerva and the help that they're getting for their union from the union of Venus and Mars that are still conjunct in Aquarius. We talked about it uh, before. They're still walking hand in hand, so which is really good for any kind of relationships and partnerships. And the energy in general is um, blessed by it. But first of all, I wanted to show you some or share with you some things that um, has been happening uh, or to try to understand it astrologically. So let me share with you... Uh, who this one and so first of all yeah I mean it's kind of of course every morning when I wake up I kind of like immediately go to check to see if Zelensky is okay if Ukraine is still there and uh, uh, then to um, see the rest of uh, the news and to see what's happening so one of these days when I woke up, and I think there was this whole thing about this gymnast that wore the Z uh, on the pendium when he was standing next to somebody from Ukraine, a competitor from Ukraine. But anyway, apparently Putin snatched the letter Z from the alphabet uh, to make it uh, the letter that can channel his cause. It's kind of interesting, and we'll talk about the letter Z or Z, Zeta, uh, originally from uh, Phoenician. Uh, and um, Zeta is in, of course, in ancient Greek, but in uh, Phoenician it was called Zain, who anybody who speaks Hebrew uh, might smile or might giggle or might laugh because Zain basically means penis. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of strange that of all the letters, uh, the uh, Putin propaganda decided to choose Z. And my theory is that really it's Z for Zelensky. They just don't realize it. 
Uh, they wear their Z everywhere, and Z became the symbol of people who support the Ukraine, the uh, war on Ukraine, not the invasion, but the war on Ukraine. And it became like the symbol that is um, kind of interesting because it's very similar to the Gestapo's uh, symbol. If you add another Z next to it uh, and you change the direction, you kind of mirror invert it, it becomes the symbol of the Gestapo. So it's kind of interesting how symbols reincarnate and find themselves in one black uh, uniform to other black uniform from the west into the east. You know, symbols travels and reincarnate. They find their evil little people that can uh, uh, wear them and propagate them. But anyway, the letter Z. The letter Z, this is the evolution of the alphabet. I think I told you before that I'm fascinated by alphabet because alphabet is almost like the genes of the way we think, in a sense. And the journey of alphabet can really tell you the journey of thoughts and the journey of ideas, the journey of poetry, in a sense. And if you look at the origin of the phonetic alphabet that we have is from Proto-Sinaic, about 1800 BCE. It's about the time of Abraham. It's about the time of uh, Hammurabi and the laws of Hammurabi, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, etc. So at that same time in the world, uh, around Sinai, maybe influenced by Egyptian glyphs, uh, maybe it's even developed in Canaan or where uh, modern-day Israel is, most likely it drifted into um, Lebanon, into the Phoenician uh, ports, and they started developing the idea that letters can represent sound instead of a concept. So it's, it moved from glyphs into actual letters. And at the origin of it, the Proto-Sinaic or the, the Phoenician alphabet, we had 22 letters, and that's the 22 tarot cards, if you know, the major arcana, the 22 paths in the tree of life that, according to Kabbalah, God created the universe with the 22 letters. In fact, there's one interpretation of the first sentence in the Bible where it says, Bereshit bara Elohim et. So, in the beginning, God created the. But the word the in Hebrew, et, is basically spelled Aleph Tav, which is basically A-Z. So it's almost like I would say, in the beginning, God created A-Z. So some ways of interpreting it, instead of reading the whole sentence, basically the Kabbalists say, in the beginning, God created the alphabet, and from the alphabet, everything else was created, which is kind of makes sense because the whole Torah is a compilation of many different uh, letters coming in certain sequences that make kind of sense. So... Even the Bible itself is contained from the 22 letters or different combination of the 22 letters. So it's almost like the four letters of the DNA, uh, the same thing with the 22 letters. And if you look at the 22 letters, then you will see that the origin of the letter Z, you see here Z, even though Z is the last letter in the Roman alphabet, it was even in Latin or archaic Latin and in um, ancient Greek, it was the seventh letter, which corresponds to Hebrew and Phoenician with the letter Zayn. And Zayn, you know, if you go to Israel and somebody gives you the finger, uh, they will usually say the word Zayn with it, uh, because Zayn represents a few things in Hebrew, like we said, it represents a dick, or I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, or a penis, or the phallic symbol, uh, which is again very symbolic. That out of the 26 letters that could have been chosen, or if you reduce it to the 22 of the Phoenicians, uh, the Putin supporters have decided to go with the Z. And 
the Z, if you look at it really closely, it represents uh, also the nail, sorry, the um, a weapon. Klizain uh, in Hebrew means a weapon. So again, it's very, very phallic. You know, the people here in the United States that are obsessed with their guns. Uh, in Russia, they're obsessed with their Z. The Zain means a weapon or, a, 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 you know, that's maybe the origin of the idea is that uh, uh, the sexual organ of a male is supposed to be some kind of a weapon. I don't know. There is some resemblance between, I guess, uh, uh, the reproductive organ of uh, young or masculine energies and weapons or the fascination of guys with weapons or maybe guys that have a small penis has big weapons you know there maybe there's a negative correlation there or something but the letter sign that you can see here is portrayed by a green which is again another coincidence because remember we talked about z's for zelensky and zelensky means he who comes from the green so you can see here that putin probably sat down with this diagram here that i'm looking at and said z for zelensky z is green let me choose the penis letter uh, to represent our movement totally makes sense to me symbols always work and if you think about the sign that is associated with uh, the letter sign because as you know from the book of creation we talked about it's the oldest book in kabbalah it's uh, all of the, the all of the signs the 12 signs are given a letter a hebrew letter that is given them the energy because we talked about it the dna of creation is the uh, alphabet you can say and zayin is the letter that is associated with gemini and you can see the card, the lovers. The lovers are basically twins. Because if you think about it, Adam and Eve, even though everybody sees them as the first couple, really they were actually twins because they were born at the same time from the same parents, right? Uh, so they're twins. So again, it's kind of interesting what we're having symbolically speaking now with the war uh, in Ukraine. You have the leader of Ukraine that is admired by the whole world, uh, which is... Zelensky, and we talked about it, Zelensky, Zayn, but his name is Vladimir. And then he's going against, uh, he's the David to the Goliath of Putin, who is probably, must be one of the most hated persons right now on the planet. And his name is also Vladimir. So it's kind of interesting that we have here the connection of the twins, because twins reflect to each other. But also the idea that if you look at the nation of Ukraine and the nation of Russians, they're definitely, like we mentioned here two weeks ago, the lovers. They are siblings in many ways, more than one. They are the same, yet different. You know, that's one of the things that Putin didn't get right. Yes, you are the same, but you're also different, like twins that have the same DNA, but they are the same genes and they're different. But again, you can see the letters, Zayn, here, and uh, this card represents the wedding of the masculine and feminine, and this one is also the union of the subconscious and conscious. It's also interesting, this week, um, uh, the most sacred place, in the sacred person in Russia, the Patriarch uh, Kirill, leader of the Russian's dominant religions group, um, sent a very strong symbol, uh, a very strong message. And he says that the reason why this whole war is coming is to the struggle that uh, they are having against the gay parades. Of course, it's all this war is because of the gay parades. So it's obviously definitely known for everybody uh, in the world, including to Jesus and including to God himself, that the reason why there is a war in Ukraine is because of gay parades. And that made me think about in 2012, I remember I was in Bulgaria 
and my friend was telling me about how they were planning to have a gay parade in Sofia. But again, another Orthodox uh, holy man, uh, Father Evgeny, uh, Evgeny uh, Yanakiev, which is kind of interesting that he has the word Kiev inside. And he was the head of the Bulgarian Orthodox Church that most Bulgarians belong to. And in 2012, this is what he came up with. This is a brilliant guy who's supposed to be a scholar of religious studies, right? He's supposed to be a holy person. Our whole society must, in every possible way, he says, oppose the gay parade that is being planned. For this reason, today I appeal to all those who consider the same Christian and Bulgarian throwing stones at gays is the appropriate way. I mean, come on. How can you be so stupid, sorry, so stupid to tell Christians and even call them Christians who are supposed to follow Jesus to go to a parade and throw stones at people? You know, I mean, what? He forgot to read uh, the New Testament? He forgot uh, what Jesus said? I mean, I'm an idiot in Christianity. I'm a Jew and I know more than him about what Jesus would do if he would see people coming to a parade of uh, people and throwing stones at them. I mean, you see how there is the, this this disease that we have of the cognitive dissonance is just killing us all over the place, you know. But anyway, that's part of it. Uh, what I wanted to talk in a more, you know, in a nicer way, uh, again, because this uh, week we have something pretty interesting happening. Not only do we have on Sunday the beautiful uh, holiest day and the equinox when the day and the night the masculine and feminine are going to be equal and then in the northern hemisphere the light is going to spring into action which represents the first 30 days of the zodiac represented by aries the ram the leader we'll talk about it next week but uh, what we have this week on friday is the full moon and it is the last full moon of two of the year basically of the astrological year so remember, in December, we had the last full moon of 2021. And I told you that's uh, whatever you don't want to carry with you into 2022. It's going to be great for you to get rid of uh, in December, it's full moon. Well, we have this um, uh, Friday is a very positive, very um, good energy that we actually have in relation to the full moon. Because this is the full moon in Pisces. And the full moon in Pisces basically represents the end of winter, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it is also the full. Full is always the end of a process, the completion of a process, something that basically ends. So on um, Friday, we have the ending of a 2000, you can say 2021, according to astrology at least, but the end of the astrological year, and it's the end of the last sign. So we have the full moon, which represents the end. And it is a few days, basically, what? Two days before the solstice, where it is the new astrological new year. So again, what you can do on Friday is all the way, always on the full moon. It's a great time to offer something to end, like to, to offer something for a completion, like something you want to let go of, something you want to cut away from, something you want to reflect upon, because reflection is the strongest during the full moon, because again, here's the sun, here's the moon, and the moon can be reflected uh, completely, the sun it can be reflected completely by the moon. So on the full moon, the idea of reflection, the idea of going inward, the idea of seeing things that otherwise are blocked is very, very strong. The same way that the full moon shines 
all the things that in the night, in the darkness, in a sense, in our feminine side, the same thing the full moon does to us. It's the time of reflection. It's the time of being able to uh, see the cosmic in a cosmic mirror your subconscious or your unconscious. Because it is also happening in Pisces, it's even stronger because what Pisces represents is the pond. And the pond is the way to look at your image if there is no mirrors around. Uh, there is a lot of crystal lakes in around the world, in Tibet, in Ireland. There is a few sacred ones in the United States that represents the mirror, the cosmic mirror. So again, Pisces, the water, gives us the ability to reflect even more. And the fact that it's the full moon in Pisces, remember, full moon in Pisces automatically represents the moon in uh, Virgo, the opposite sign. And Virgo is very much into small details, so it allows us to really look deep inside and see what we need to get rid of, what we need to uh, let go of. So again, Friday, the day of Venus, going to be a great day for you to sit down and really reflect what you do not want to bring into to the new astrological year. So the the um, Sabian symbol of the day is, I swear to God, I didn't make it up. That's why I put it there on the slide. A bold, a bold-headed man dominates gathering of national figures. Well, it's definitely not me. Uh, I'm not dominating anything. I'm just saying that the Sabian symbol for the full moon is a bold-headed man dominating gathering dominates a gathering of national figures. Who knows, maybe there is a sign that at the uh, at Friday there could be some kind of a beginning of the end of the conflict and maybe there's going to be a bald-headed person that somehow manages to um, gather uh, people together. I don't know, but uh, there could be, if, if anybody asks when there could be some relief or some end, well, it could be this Friday because this is the full moon, the last full moon of the astrological year. And then we're beginning uh, the next one. Uh, the thing about uh, beginning with next week is that we're starting Aries. Aries is, of course, the sign of war. So let us hope that this full moon brings some kind of uh, resolution or at least the beginning of a ceasefire. But for you on your personal level, this is a great time to reflect upon this whole year, the year that started last um, March 21, March 20, and to see what is it that you don't want to bring in you to the astrological new year. It is also uh, the moon opposite to Neptune. So the moon is going to be absolutely opposite. It's starting already is a day before, but it's going to be very, very strong on March 18, on the full moon, that it's going to be, the moon is going to be opposite to Neptune. And moon opposite to Neptune, if you have it in your chart, it's a great indication of intuition, psychic energy, connection to the imagination, to, the, uh, to poetry, to everything that has to do with dreams. So again, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll talk about it in a second when we do the round of the week. You will have a lot of opportunities to really dive into your dreams, get messages from your dreams. And in general, if there are questions that you really need answer from the universe by, through signs or synchronicities, Focus on these questions a lot in the next few days. Friday, you can actually get some coincidence, some meaningful incident that can really explain uh, what you need to know. Not only that, 
because of the Neptune opposite to the moon in the full moon, it's the last full moon of the year, but also because we're going to have a Mercury coming closer and closer and closer to Jupiter. And Mercury coming closer to Jupiter is very good for us. It puts together the left and the right hemisphere, a philosophy and, and logic, you can say. And it, come, it brings together those two energies in Pisces during that conjunction. So we're going to have the Jupiter and Mercury conjunction. We're going to have the Chiron and, and uh, Minerva conjunction. And we still have the Venus and Mars conjunction. So as you can see, there's a lot of these conjunctions happening this week. Conjunction basically means planets coming together to bring a new archetype into our life. Meaning, like I told you, the concept of Gestalt. So when um, Jupiter and Mercury come together, it wouldn't be right to say, put Jupiter plus Mercury and that's what's going to happen. It's not like that. It's Jupiter and Mercury and then they mix together to form something different. More like what we talked last week about the flag of Ukraine, the blue and the yellow uh, you can't say blue plus yellow is the flag. You have to look at it as blue plus yellow equals green. Again, we're back to the green of the Z. So that's the idea of planets. Their frequencies mix together to create something bigger or different than the two of them alone. That's why conjunctions are so important in astrology. And whenever you have planets conjunct in your, in your, in your chart... It makes you a more unique person, more complicated, but also more unique, more different, because you have colors and, and frequencies that are a little bit different. The saturation of that new color that is created by a conjunction determines, is determined by, let's say, the aspects that this conjunction has with the rest of the planets around. So, for example, what we're going to have this week is something pretty rare. Last time it happened was 75, 1971, a... We're going to have Chiron, the wounded healer, conjunct uh, Minerva in Aries. And that's, we'll talk about it in a second, that's peaking this week, which is, again, very, very strong. It's actually starting today, so it's kind of interesting. So those two archetypes come together are in Aries. But because Venus and Mars are in Aquarius in the same degrees, 11, 12, then they're sending a very good energy to Chiron and Minerva mixing together and let's say if their saturated color or, or their color is red and then it becomes very crimsony because of the addition of the Mars and Venus so that's what I'm trying to say is that when conjunction happen it's not only the mixing of those energies together it's creation something new and it's it's brought out or brought into context by the rest of the aspects that are happening and of course whatever the sign that they're meeting together same way that two dancers meeting together uh, to tango music will dance a little bit different than if they meet to Tchaikovsky's uh, um, tunes. So again, it's definitely dance. It's definitely these two dancers, but the style of their dance and the music of the dance will be completely different. Even the costumes that they're wearing will be different depending on what sign they meet, the context of what they meet. So again, a lot of activities that we're having this week with Pisces, Aquarius, and a little bit of Aries. Those are the main thing this week. But again, full moon. The full moon for you is meditating on whatever you want to get rid of and not bring into the spring of action in the northern hemisphere or the fall in the southern hemisphere. So if you are uh, aware of the things that you want to let go, great. Start thinking about it and then on Friday, release it. Do some kind of... Uh, ceremony i rather when you're in doing on the new moon the full moon in pisces you drown it 
for example what you can do is you can write down on a piece of paper what is it that you don't want to bring with you to next year basically to next week and then you take a bucket or some water source or fountain or you go to the sea and you take that piece of uh, um, paper and you basically wet it you wet it to the point that you see all of the ink disappearing you know then you can take that piece of paper and put it in the ground someplace bury it don't leave it in the ocean crying out loud if everybody's going to do that we're going to have what quite a lot of millions of um or billions of pieces of paper in the ocean so just wet it so that all the ink disappears it's almost as if it's been taken by the collective unconscious water of pisces so try to do that that would be a good idea and again what i always talk to you about dream quest this is a great time for that to really imagine from, or ask for your dreams the things that you want to work on and what you need to know of what you need to get rid of if you want to go deeper into your unconscious and see maybe there's certain dreams that are going to come and they're going to tell you precisely you might not want to take this to next year but your unconscious will tell you no that's actually good to take the next year this you shouldn't take for next year so again pay attention to it make this whole week a meditation about deciding what you want to get rid of and then on march 18 get rid of it and it's interesting because March 18, 18 is always a very important number. 18 is the number of life, chai uh, in Hebrew. So it represents life or resurrection of life. And because it's Friday, it is the day of Venus, Fierta. It's the day of the goddess. So again, very good time to have a full moon, which is very much associated with the goddess on the day of the goddess. The thing that I told you that is happening, which is kind of interesting and rare, it's from March 13 for a few days. It's going to be about until the 18, let's say, is that a Minerva and a Chiron are conjunct. So first of all, Chiron or Chiron, you know that surgery is named after it because Chiron in Greek, ancient Greek means hands. So he was the surgeon, he was the teacher. He was the healer of the gods, but he was dealing with abandonment. Now, it's really interesting because the the, the orbit of... Oh, wait a second. There is... Can you hear this water? No, you don't hear any weird sound? No weird sounds? Okay, good. I don't have to close it. It's just the water are now uh, starting. We're talking about Pisces. So, anyway, Chiron, uh, named after hands. Uh, even in Hebrew, we still call it Chirugit. Chirugit, uh, the... the um, it means basically the surgery or surgical uh, uh, area in the hospital. So it's named after Chiron, which is Hans, and he was the healer of uh, the gods. But the interesting things about him is that how he came to life. Why? Because the orbit, like I was trying to say, of Chiron is a little bit irregular. It's not as as circular or as elliptical as the rest. It's a little bit awkward. So that's why during um, his transit in Pisces and in Aries, he spends almost eight, nine years compared to other signs that he can spend a year and a half. So that means that Chiron, this wounded healer, goes a lot and spends a lot of time in Pisces, which is the last sign, and Aries, which is the first sign, and then he goes to the rest of the sign and kind of goes through them really fast. Uh, we talked about Chiron quite a lot here in 2020 when we mentioned that the uh, United States has Chiron uh, in Aries. Um, in the chart and that now the United States is going not only through a Pluto return but also through a Chiron return and at that time it was also a Saturn return but anyway it spends a lot of time in a certain sign and if a planet stands, uh, spends a lot of time this is an asteroid in a lot of time in a sign 
it is significant because it means that it's energy draws from it. That's what we're going to talk about uh, next week when we're going to talk about detriments, fall, uh, exalted, and ruler. And what does it mean about your signs and how you can identify your qualities based on what planets and how planets react in your archetype. But the fact that Chiron spends a lot of time in Aries totally makes sense because Aries rules the body and of course Chiron is trying to heal the body. But Aries is also ruled by Mars, the god of war. And everything has to do with fighting for what you believe in. And that's precisely what Chiron was. Chiron was the teacher of all of the gods and all of the demigods and all of the heroes. If you think about Odysseus and uh, Ajax, and if you think about uh, Theseus, and if you think about about, uh, Achilles and Hercules and Petropolis, all of them went through Chiron. And he was the teacher, but he was also the healer. So it's kind of interesting. He taught them how to fight and how to kill, but also taught them how to heal. So he, And that's why in astrology, if you want to know where your Chiron is or your Chiron is in your chart, look for a symbol that is looking like a key, because a Chiron. So the idea is that Chiron can open your heart, open your chart in a sense. It's the key to understand your chart. So wherever you have Chiron in your chart is very significant because that's the place you might have felt rejection. Why rejection? Because the story of Chiron is that his mother... They abandoned him because he was too ugly for her. He was uh, half horse, half human, a centaur. She expected maybe to have a beautiful god come out of her because she had just sex with uh, Kronos. Kronos is one of the gods, obviously. But the story goes that uh, that uh, Kronos' wife, and Kronos, of course, is the lord of time, uh, came in right when he was about to ejaculate into his lover and he transformed into a horse I don't know why probably to disguise himself which is kind of silly because you already saw him and anyway because it was a semen of a horse Chiron became half horse half human and his mother abandoned him Apollo and Artemis adopted him so that's why he became the god of healing and the god of astrology for example because Apollo taught him all of that because Apollo is the prophet but anyway Chiron represents in your chart where you have rejection. Rejection because Chiron himself was rejected. And also, it shows where you're going to be immortal. Because the idea of Chiron is that he is the wounded healer, but he got his immortality because of the wound. So again, it's the symbol or the idea that you or your perfection comes to you from your imperfection. Your ability to be remembered forever and ever is not for your skills, it's for your Uh, your wounds because a real warrior a real hero a real heroine takes their wounds and their wounds they make themselves the superhero not the opposite so the idea of Chiron is that he is a warrior but he's also the healer and since not since April 1976 was Chiron and Minerva the goddess of uh, just war together conjunct in Aries the sign of war So that's what makes this week so important for us. First of all, yes, you might be encountering your wounds. You might be dealing with questions of identity. Who am I? What am I worthy for? Uh, What am I good for? Um, Am I abandoned by the universe or not? Uh, Who is my mother and father? Am I adopted in any way? You know, and even if you have a wonderful mother and father like I had, I remember when I was in Mexico and I was... uh, penniless and clueless 
it's not a very good combination. I was adopted by uh, this family that found me in Guadalajara and literally adopted me. And they already adopted a kid from Brazil. So they adopted another kid. You know, I'm not was it a kid. I was 27, 26. But still, the idea is that all of us have that tendency to be adopted, to be uh, granted access to parents who are not our biological parents. Meaning, and I think in a symbolic way, that we are not only our genes, we can also be influenced or parented by energies that have not come from our ancestral karma, but from our own karma without connection to the genes. Does that make sense? Because I'm thinking about it now for the first time. So what I'm trying to say is that we all in our stories have that similar idea of being adopted by the very people that didn't give a birth to us in this lifetime, but maybe gave birth to us in a past life. Meaning that Apollo and Artemis might have been in a past life, because gods also have past lives, the parents of Chiron. And that even though his biological parent, uh, uh, let's say, rejected him or abandoned him, somebody else, the sun and the moon, picked him up. And the sun and the moon, of course, is the symbol in astrology of the mother and father. So what I'm saying is that this week, you might reflect on your life or you might even encounter situation where you might meet who is your adopted parent. Even if that adoption is not necessarily legal, it could be emotional, mental, spiritual. So last time it happened, April 76, April 71, May 1925. Maybe you can go back to that time, even if you're historical, uh, if you're into history, you can maybe go back and see what was going on then and in what way is it reflective to what is happening uh, right now. So again, go back, April 76, April 71, May 95, uh, May 1925, those are the last time. Now, the interesting thing about this connection this week of Minerva, the goddess of just wars, remember Minerva came out of the head of Zeus, fully clad with a spear, ready for fighting, but only to fight wars that are just, meaning wars that you've been attacked or somebody uh, close to you have been attacked and you're going to fight it. For example, it's interesting what's happening right now, because right now we have a just war happening in Ukraine. That's why the whole world is basically rallied around Ukraine and doing sacrifices that they've never done before for a nation that some people didn't even know where it was. So the idea was that now everybody is behind Minerva trying to protect uh, Ukraine. So definitely what I would do if I would have been Zelensky after winning the war, inshallah, uh, I would erect a very big uh, statue of Minerva you know, the goddess of just war, or Pallas Athena, how she's called in Greece. Uh, again, this is the time this week when they're both coming together, both very military kind of um, energies, Chiron and Minerva, but in a different way than Mars. And not only that, Mars is in Aquarius, the sign of altruism and sainthood and people and communities and groups, along with Venus, his girlfriend, and they're sending beautiful energy cheering out to the conjunction of Minerva and Chiron. So we have Venus and Mars. They're already a couple. They're together sending a sextile. Sextile is a door opening, a small door, but still it's a door opening towards Chiron and Minerva. For you personally, not necessarily on the global level, for you personally, this is actually interesting because it can show you this week what is your just war. Maybe your just war, and when I'm saying just war, what I mean is a war that makes sense to fight because it's not about ego, it's not about conquest, it's not about subduing other people or dominating other people. 
or projecting their zine on them. Uh, it is basically about fighting for the right or liberating somebody or helping someone. So again, when Chiron and Minerva come together, not only your war can have more strategy and more wisdom to it, no more, not only your conflict or what you want to achieve is being blessed by the goddess of uh, justice and war, but also Chiron is there, which means, yes, he can teach you how to inflict damage if you need to, but also how to heal, how to fix, how to rebuild whatever is destroyed. So again, this is going to be an interesting week in that sense. Uh, let's see what is happening this week, uh, more practically day to day before we look at questions and like I said for those of you who may have woke up early uh, later and realized oh my god they changed the clock in the United States uh, I said that next week we're gonna do for sure for sure I promise next week we're gonna do the idea behind what makes your signs very special and we're gonna do it on the new year so next year next year next week we're gonna start a new year so as you can see from the chart of today, today is Sunday, March 13. Yeah, we have Neptune and Sun perfect conjunction on 22 degrees. And 22 degrees are always very, very important. So whenever you look at your chart, you know, look at your chart, you'll see a lot of planets, as you can see now with the planets. And next to the planet, there is a little uh, number with a degree. Those numbers are important. And even if you don't study astrology, maybe you have an affinity with numbers. So look at your chart and look at those degrees where the planets fall. Because what it basically says, you know, that every sign has 30 degrees. Therefore, your sun, your moon, your Jupiter, your Mercury, your rising sign will fall somewhere between 00 to 2959. So 29 degrees, 00 degrees, that's the 30 degrees we have. And the numbers themselves could mean something. So, for example, 12, we know is a very important number. 22, we just mentioned today, is the number of the Hebrew letters, the number of the path in the Tree of Life, the number of the um, uh, tarot card and the, and the major arcana. So whenever you have a number in your chart of those planets, maybe it means something important for you. And maybe you'll find that that number is your lucky number or a number that is already been prevalent in your life before so always look for the numbers and the conjunction of neptune and the sun again neptune is the mystic which is kind of interesting it's right on top of the sun today 22 degrees pisces and again 22 super important because it's a number that is connected to master number it's the master builder that's why uh, this year even 2022 is full of 22s and as you can see, the sun and the moon are sending beautiful energy to each other, which means emotional satisfaction, flow and positivity. Uh, that's what is happening this um, today. And also the conjunction we see between Venus and Mars is at the uh, beginning of uh, Aquarius. It's five, six degrees Aquarius. So again, you can see here Minerva. Here she is, 10 degrees Aries and Chiron, 11 degrees Aries. So they are very much in conjunct. They're not yet touched by Venus and Mars. That's going to happen a little bit um, uh, later. Then we have in March 14, the continuation of Neptune on top of the sun. Neptune on top of the sun basically is happening today. It happened yesterday, today, tomorrow. And that's a really powerful time of, like I told you, dreams, meditation, reflection, psychic energy, intuition, mediumship, uh, being able to see things you haven't seen before, to be connected to things that you might have not uh, connected before. So in that sense, 
very, very positive energy that has to do with the intuition, the mystic. Movement is great for you today. If you can go spend time in water because we have Mercury in Pisces, Jupiter in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces, Sun in Pisces, then we have um, the moon today actually in Cancer, which is again water, but tomorrow it's moving into Leo. So tomorrow the energy shifts a little bit on Monday. We're getting a little bit hotter, meaning that there is more heat going on because the moon is going to be opposite to Mars and Venus. So while Mars and Venus are still conjunct, only one degree away from each other at six, seven degrees um, Aquarius, it's opposite to the moon. And opposite to the moon, Venus opposite to the moon might mean that your partner is having a hard time with your mother or that your family members are not accepting your partners in life or close friends. Or there could be some conflict between family members and your talents or your money or your self-worth, especially because Venus and Mars opposite to the moon can create a little bit of uh, clashes with people that we do have emotional connection to. So again, ego, moon in Leo can be a lot of egos and um, Pisces can be a little bit quiet and not talk about what they feel. So it's really important tomorrow if you don't like something to express it, not in a dramatic way, but in a way that people can actually understand. And remember, because Neptune and Mercury is now in Pisces until the end of the month, it is a, a little bit causing a little bit misunderstanding and miscommunication, even though it's not retrograde. The day after, on um, Tuesday, we have the moon still in Leo, uh, and it's um, not having the easiest energy. It says it sends what it's called a yod into the sun and into Merc into Neptune. So again, Tuesday, there's a little bit of tension there. There is a lot of fire water. Think about it. We are now in Pisces, which is a mute sign, right? Fish don't make sound. And the moon is in Leo, and the tendency of the moon is an instinct to what? To roar, you know. So you have that very aggressive energy of action coming from the moon in Leo, uh, controlling compared to the Pisces that just wants to, you know, lift their hands, not because they're surrendering, but because, you know, sometimes in roller coaster that's what you do, or sometimes uh, when you just want to release your energy and flow with things. So Pisces is all about effortless uh, release, not um, completely releasing all of your body so you can flow with the river to the sea while the moon in Leo uh, wants to really know what we're going to do, how long it's going to take and trying to control things. So again, there's a little bit of a conflicting, conflicting energy around then at that time. And also what we're having is the beginning of the square between Venus and Mars and uh, Uranus, which is again an interesting thing because what we have now is what is called mutual reception, which is beautiful idea it's venus the ruler of taurus in aquarius and uranus the ruler of aquarius in taurus they switch places so um it's kind of a, a it's kind of a let's say way to put together two different archetypes it's mixing two different archetypes together which is taurus and aquarius both of them are fixed signs so they don't like to be mixed so much it's the kind of colors that you have to go like for an hour to mix them because they really don't want to mix uh, that's why they're resistant to mix is making the mutual reception a little bit harder because these signs are squares, right? They're, they're, they're fighting with each other, Aquarius and Taurus. Uh, Aquarius is air, Taurus is uh, earth, Aquarius, Taurus is practical, Aquarius is idealistic and so forth. But the idea is that there is some more understanding than normal between Aquarius, which is people, communities, groups, and um, Venus, which is art, design, colors, 
so the combination could be you know interest even more interest in nfts and interest in site in um, cryptocurrencies because again aquarius is technology towards his money what um that mutual reception will last for a while until venus leaves um uh, aquarius into pisces which is where she's going to be exalted but uh, for now at least until the middle of uh, april or so it is the time or beginning of april sorry it's a time of the mutual reception so there's going to be even if you are an aquarius and you know a taurus you might actually get along better or if you're an aquarius and you have a taurus rising you're going to get along with yourself a little bit better then we have on wednesday march 16 we have yeah the, the look at what's happening with pisces uh, the school of piscean planets are coming together that mercury jupiter neptune the sun they're coming into some kind of a conjunction. It's going to come very, very strong next week uh, before... Uh, actually, it has to come this week if we want to have the sun in Pisces. But in general, there is a lot of focus on Mercury, Jupiter, and Neptune coming together very strongly to create a bomb of Piscean energy. Um, and that is also happening in Aquarius. So we have a lot of Aquarius-Pisces energies this week. Again, whenever Aquarius and Pisces are together, even in your chart, it basically means that you are one of these people that are supposed to translate for us uh, the, the movement from Pisces to Aquarius, the connection between the two ages. So you, it means that you speak those two languages that are now very necessary, energetically speaking, in order to survive these next hundreds of years. So again, Pisces, very much about emotions. Aquarius, about technology innovation. Maybe that means that the Piscean age will infuse the AI or artificial intelligence in the future with some emotional or spiritual even component, which is what my theory is at least. A moon in Virgo, it's different. You see the moon is starting to move towards its full moon because it's now in Virgo opposite to the moon. And the moon in Virgo means very good for work, making things happen, very practical, very pragmatic, very good for healing, very good for um, uh, nurturing or teaching or organizing. So very, very powerful energy starting on Wednesday that can really help uh, push things forward. And the charts are getting a little bit more clean. You see that the lines are getting a little bit less red and more green. And then on um, uh, Thursday, we're already having the beginning of the full moon. For some people, it will already be the full moon. And you can see what is happening, the precise conjunction of Minerva and Chiron. You see 11. So that's why I told you to pay attention to the numbers where the planets conjunct because that relates to the saturation of the energy that is emerging out of this mix. So 11. 11 is a master number. Before that, we talked about today 22, which is also a master number. So they're meeting together, Chiron and Minerva, as in a master way. So again, if I would have been consulting anybody out there in Ukraine uh, for the peace talks or for peace, peace talks, for the ceasefire or whatever, it is really important to try to do it Thursday, Friday, because there is some understanding there in that Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, can, can bestow a lot of ideas, a lot of interesting solutions and strategies to get out of this uh, terrible situation. And you can see Mercury is coming closer and closer and closer to Jupiter. And that's what I meant by the trine between, uh, the sextile, sorry, between Chiron and Venus and Mars because Venus is 10 degrees Pisces, Aquarius, sorry, and she's sending great energy to the 11 degrees Aries of Chiron and Minerva. Then on Friday is our full moon and the full moon is going to be, uh, again, 
Thursday night, Friday, depends where you are in the world. Last full moon before the equinox, because you can see we are now with uh, 28 degrees. And of course, when the sun goes into 29, it's the last day of Pisces. So on Saturday, which is um, March 19, we're going to have the last day of Pisces. The moon moves into Libra, the moon of peace. Again, another good indication that maybe we can get some resolution happening this end of the week, Friday. Moon in Libra, for you in person, you know, it's the two of swords in the tarot card. It talks about peace. It's a really good energy for peaceful, peace in general. And Venus and the moon are sending beautiful energy to each other on Saturday. A great day for art, for hikes, for relationships, for dating, for uh, music, for design, for colors, for inspiration. It's beautiful because Neptune is still very close to the sun. It brings it a lot of imagination. Um, and Mercury and Jupiter, you see they're coming very, very close to each other. Next week, that's going to be the conjunction of the week. Uh, but anyway, this week still very positive energy coming from uh, Mars and Venus and from Chiron and Minerva. And uh, now let's see if there are any questions or statements that I can share. Um, first of all, yeah, before I forget, uh, again, we're going to have on April 11, April 11, because of it's a master number, we're going to do this class that I've never done before. So you're going to be the guinea pigs about storytelling. I think I did this class, actually. I did it in Hong Kong, like 12 years ago to yoga teachers. Um, and that's why I decided to bring it back because it hasn't been for a while. And we're going to talk about your story. Try to identify who is your antagonist, who is your protagonist, who is your superhero, what kind of superhero uh, you would have been if you've been a story uh, in a story. So it's going to be kind of interesting talking about stories in the context of your life and who you are. And then we're also going to do the uh, name class next um, Sunday. And we're going to do the Aries class as well on next Monday. Um, yeah, somebody said Zona in Israel. Zona is a prostitute. Yeah, and it starts with the letter Zion. That's why um, you're right. That's what it is probably. Uh, instead of uh, uh, maybe it's another way of Russians to protest against Putin and they came up with the Zion uh, Z to show this and to call Putin a whore because Putin sounds kind of like a whore if you think about it if you say Putin in Mexico you kind of laugh because it's like a puta so in Hebrew it's Zion so I think there is a consensus happening in the world right now uh, except of course uh, uh, for people like uh, never mind. but anyway this is really a, a good point uh, whore Dick, all of that stuff, all of the beautiful words uh, are out there now. Uh, full moon in Virgo, how to deal, adjust, and learn from Chiron in the chart. You know, Chiron in the chart is, we're starting to, we're still trying to understand it because it was just discovered in 77. So, relatively to all the planets that we knew for thousands of years, it's kind of a new. Um, we're learning how to deal with it. But overall, there's a few things about Chiron. Wherever you have Chiron in your chart, whatever house, whatever sign, represents how you can be as a teacher, how you can be as a healer, your connection to shamanism. A lot of uh, people are now connecting Chiron to shamanism. 
Also, at the age of 50, you go through what is called the Kieran return. So you can go back to the age of 50 and see what fork in the road you experienced back then that can explain your Kieran in your chart. Tuesday is the Ides of Mars. Yes, indeed, it is. We have to remember Julius. Uh, between Monday and Wednesday to send job application. You can send it anytime you want. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Probably Tuesday is not the best, so maybe Wednesday or Monday. I think Monday is probably better. Uh, to translate time for a change, if you're on the, uh, those people, a good time to write about and attempt to publish the translation aspect of this week. You know, the, the, what I'm showing is the universal time, so it depends where you are. You know, in, in, in LA it's 8 hours plus, in Israel it's 2 hours mi minus, in Turkey it depends because they keep uh, not changing, which is kind of changing. But um, just translate it according to um, a universal time. Good day for health, emotional, spiritual. You know, Monday is uh, Tuesday is okay, but I think that Monday or Wednesday or Thursday might be a little bit better. Uh, today is a great day, but I know if it's too late. Does the equinox fall on Sunday or Monday? That really depends where you are. Um, officially, it's on here in LA. Let me check to see precisely when is the um, equinox. So if I'm talking about universal time, the equinox will be um, equinox will be 9:40 a.m. in Los Angeles time. Sorry. So March 20th, 2022, um, it will be at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, here in LA. So probably it's going to be in the middle of the night in uh, Europe. No, sorry. It's going to be in the, yeah, the middle of the night in Europe. Of the, between the 20, the, between the 19 to the 20. So again, it really depends where you are. You can say 19, 20 will be a good um, uh, way to look at it. So thank you very much again, and I'm sorry I um, promised something that I didn't um, fulfill, but I will do it next week with the help of the good Lord. And if uh, the puta doesn't nuke us all, because uh, maybe then we'll just do it in uh, the afterlife or in a different lifetime. I'm totally open to uh, seeing you guys in a different lifetime. If, uh, the, uh, if the puta decides to uh, nuke us, so have a great week with the letter Zayn and try to um, stay safe. For those of you who are in the Northern Hemisphere, one more week and we're making it to spring. For those of you who are in the Southern Hemisphere, well, you had it for six months. Now we should have it. Thanks for sharing the sun with us and have an amazing uh, week.